Tim. Season 3, Episode 13 of Stats to Matter. First couple of weeks of the NFL preseason are in the books. How are we feeling, Tim? How are we feeling? Uh, I mean, we're feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. I think... Uh, who, who, who the fuck is this we? We're feeling really good. We're... I mean, you got some shit going down. Your, your quarterback's yeah, yeah, got some COVID. You have a yeah. running back uh, who's potentially out for a little bit. So you got yeah. you got some shit going down yeah. on your 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 A team, your B team. <laughs> not doing yeah. not doing terrible. Yeah. Not doing terrible. Yeah, we, we'll yeah, we'll we talk gotta, about we gotta, them. We're gonna talk about that. All right, and you know what else we're gonna do, Tim? We're gonna do a fantasy football mock draft. Help all you listeners out there not make the same dumbass mistakes you do every time you draft. For real, because it's about that time. A lot of people get their drafts coming up. Uh, let's let's you know do our annual mock draft. See what happens in our cups this week. It's double IPA from the beer store, fresh out of Charlton, Mass. And you got a New England IPA from Somerville, Mass. Mm. Follow us on Instagram at Stats Don't Matter and on Twitter at Stats Podcast for all things beer and sports. And find Stats Don't Matter wherever you get your podcast: Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and uh, probably satellites that like aliens listen to and shit. You know what I mean? They're probably like, yeah. who are these these two? Jackass is just droning on about beer and sports. What is beer and sports? We should go to Earth and figure that out. I still love the uh, people overseas who are like, I don't know, Sam Smith, this Grammy award-winning uh, musician, <laughs> also talks sports. <laughs> Shout out to those don't guys. worry, I, w- I won't tell them if you don't. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
uh, High Life collaboration ice cream. No, that's just that sounds weird. That sounds weird. What? No, no, it doesn't. Come on now. High Life ice cream. Yeah. You got it. You got to give me the deets for that because I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure on that. The Go best the, part the... about living uh, in Boston and working in Cambridge is that uh, for better or worse. Um, High Life has become like a hipster staple over the last like eight to 10 years. I got in college. I think I've told this story before. I got in college because I could tell who was drinking my beers because nobody else was drinking High Life. They came in the glass <laughs> bottles and everybody else was drinking Bud Light and Middle Light and Coors. And I was like, oh, you motherfucker just stole my beer. I can I can see you. Nobody else is buying this. Uh, but it was one of those that like from day one, I was like, I actually really enjoy the taste of this. And then Long story short, turns out it's got like a running history in my family of like my great grandfather and everybody drank yeah. high life and whatnot. Uh, but in in Boston, once it became like a hipster staple, you could go to bars and because it was so cheap, bars were trying to make money off of it, so they would do combo drink specials. You'd get a high life and a shot of whiskey for like five bucks. It was a fantastic deal. Show up. I think you, get, you might be able to still get some of those. Oh yeah, I'm sure they're everywhere now. Mostly dive bars, but all right. Any event, <laughs> back to the beer at hand. It's I'm a little nervous. It smells like grapefruit. That pineapple sort of citrusy blend. I think that's. We know I don't like grapefruit, but all right, let's go. All right, all right. Not a lot of grapefruit. Definitely's got a little bitterness to it, but it's got this pleasant sort of like sweet finish. Only drawback. Is that the whole thing kind of feels a little muted until it's like past your palate. Like when it's yeah. like on its way out is where you get the big burst of those that hoppy bitterness. Um like that piney bitterness. But right off the bat, I'm not getting a lot of I'm not getting a lot of flavor in general. Like it's a it's a beer, it's an IPA, but it's not one that pops as soon as you take a sip it's literally like a, a a tail end beer uh it's super smooth and has that like pillowy soft feel um it's not a bad beer by any means like the problem is you can sit down and drink a shit ton of these because they don't feel like overwhelming or like they're crushing your palate if you like that like piney sort of mildly bitter flavor like this i don't i don't agree with the what, what do the can say pineapple mango yeah <laughs> Actually, what's interesting is the more I, like, let it sort of air out in my mouth a little bit after I finish the drink, I can, I can like, I can taste the mango or, like, you can smell the mango in it, but it doesn't come across a lot in the actual flavor, like, up front or anything. So, um, perfectly pleasant beer. Um, like, you could quickly drink a four-pack of this. And each sip, you get like a little bit more mango, a little bit more like a little bit more of that that flavor to it. But uh, I'm gonna give it a three eight. Love Aeronaut. Uh, this is a a perfectly good beer. I would you know consider this if I saw it on the menu, compared to a lot of the I mean the other Aeronaut beers that I've had. Uh, but the other Massachusetts breweries, like Exhibit A, puts out just fantastic beers all the time. They're another one that's somewhat low-key and not talked about uh yeah, Knights, I think i've heard of them before yeah they do really they do really really good stuff um the downside i mean one of the other brewers i'd probably put up there with his night shift everybody's heard of night shift but they're going through a little drama llama uh and depending drama. on who you believe 
Some folks think that it's uh, a little bit of shady, self-brought-on drama llama. So we're not going to go down that, that is... path without the facts. But yeah, super interesting, right? When you, yeah. when you go out and you say, "Hey, we can't get CO two anymore," and you know, there's other breweries still getting CO two. I know there's yeah. a national shortage, so there's 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 always two sides to every story for sure. But uh, I mean, that is that is a big yeah. deal. For really for anybody for anybody who's not aware, I'm going to give you just a high level overview, and you can look it up and make your own decision. But supposedly they're having difficulties getting CO2 for one of their facilities in Massachusetts, so they're opting to close the facility and let yeah, all of or their like staff go somewhere else. Yeah, they're going to have someone else contract. But now they said they're going to pay all of their staff like two months' salary to help with the transition. I don't know. Again, I don't know the full logistics of all of it. Uh, there's a lot of uproar, though, that it seems a little a little fishy. Um, if you're a fan of Night Shift and you haven't been to their new restaurant location uh, right near the TD Garden, got to go. It's uh, an amazing little facility. Um, I think the one they're closing is the one that's out in, like, Everett or, or Malden or, or it's this small little building in the back. But, uh, yeah, take a look. They they do they're another one of those that does like perfectly serviceable beers. Nothing you're gonna you know write home about, but um, you know stuff that is is relatively easy to drink. But well, I mean we are supporting the Massachusetts breweries. Another one of us is drinking that specifically. But uh, yeah, you can you can you can get it at your, at your local grocers. Uh, all right, I'm gonna pour this thing in here. I have a nice hazy. You know sometimes uh, the beer the beer stores are very very good to you. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. what this is. Uh, Project Find a Limit number 11 by uh, Treehouse. Pretty mm-hmm. dope. Um, when you get a chance to get your get your hands on some fresh hoppiness, you got to do it. Um, and I can just tell you from cracking this thing, it, it's a sweet, sweet citrus fruit. So I'm really liking it already. Well, geez, I don't know if I should even say that. Objection leading to witness. <laughs> Let's but- see here. Oh yeah. I mean look at that. It looks it looks like Sunny D. Yeah, it's got the, the traditional bright color, that bright orange, yellowy color you get out of a treehouse beer. In November, I think I'm gonna go up to the Deerfield one. I'll be up for uh uh a wedding. I just got I I, I was on the B list, but I uh I I, I, I made the cut. But you got called up. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Waikiki. Hey. hey. <laughs> Gonna have to we're gonna have to send him something. Maybe yeah. some high life. November fourth. I'll be there. I'll, I'll bring it in person. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get a hotel room now because I think they're all booked out. But uh, hey, I appreciate the, the, the consideration. The I'll be happens. there. Um, look, this is incredible. <clears throat> I, I do happen to really like citrus forward stuff, anyways. Uh, but for nine percent, mm. this is this is really really good. I'm gonna go ahead and give this a four four right at the top. Wow. I think I needed wow. just a little. Uh, sometimes when something is 9%, you want the alcohol, you want the sting just a little bit to just like let you know you're alive, right? Sort of like a little shock to the system. And this is very, very dangerous. Sometimes I can really appreciate if you go big, the big flavor profiles with it, you get the bite. There is a very, very subtle bite on this one. Mm. Uh, And I suspect that uh, my breath will smell heavily. uh, Like I just demolished a, a cart of citrus fruit here for the next uh you know day or so so it's it's very good it's got a lot of staying power um head retention is fantastic on it obviously uh it was brewed just like a couple of days ago so you know shout out to the stork um i didn't know that they did like a like a rotating series 
Oh, dude, they have like fifty. So Sam, Sam's Sam's new to the uh, the good beer yeah, scene. Relatively, as he, as relatively. he talked as he talked last week. I mean, he's he's not new to the beer scene, but in terms of like upper echelon good beers, he's he's had his his eyes open a little bit by his trip to California. And uh, while I know you've had other Treehouse and things like Fox Farm, uh, Treehouse they have like more than a handful of rotating beers that. Stouts, a lot of more IPAs, but yeah. they do a lot of a lot of that shit, which is yeah. I, I don't hate it at all. I actually like it quite a bit. It's a it's it's pretty good. Again, I I just like something to just mm-hmm. smack me a little bit. Say, wait, wake up, you know you're here. This could be one of those beers that like, you know what happened? You bring this to like a like a pool party, and you're just like, you know what? I'm a, I'm gonna put some good beer karma in the world. I'm gonna throw a four pack in the in the cooler. And someone's going to pick it up and not look at it. And they're going to go, oh, this is a tree. Nine Yeah, I bet I can handle this. They're going to have about two of these things. And they're going to be face down in the pool. Excuse me, getting a sunburn. You know what I mean? Because this is going to put them to sleep. That's what's going to happen. You know, just laying out in the pool float. So, but uh, I, I recognize it. Very, very good, though. Very good. That's, I think that I'm going to, I'm going to make myself sound like a severe alcoholic right now, but that's not the, <laughs> that's not the purpose. But I don't know the last time I ever had like, Two of anything, I was like, oh, oh, time for bed." So I'm, I'm, I'm sipping on a sidecar right now. I've talked a little bit about some of my involvement in the local package store and helping them do uh, some store picks, single barrels. If, if anybody remembers what those are, uh, it's basically a barrel getting dedicated for any one purpose, whether it's a store or a release or something like that. So um, I got one in my hand uh, that just came in today. To the package store that I did. Package stores are what we call liquor stores here in Connecticut. Um, but uh, wine and liquor warehouse, uh, my go-to for all of my distro beers and, and whiskeys and whatnot. Uh, Stellum, single barrel bourbon. This is cask strength bourbon. Uh, they sent me home with like a handful of flasks. Did a bunch of blind taste testing. I went back, uh, gave them my recommendation. They did their own with their team, and we all ended up picking the same one. So the bottle just came in today. Sam's worried about his 9% beer. Uh, this sucker's 118.56 proof. That's on the lower end of a, of a cask strength. Or <laughs> okay, yeah, but it, you're talking uh, about this shit like it's 115 ABV. You know what I mean? It's, it's like... 59.28. <laughs> <laughs> it's 50. Uh... 50 ABVs higher than uh, than what your beer is, uh, and I'm sipping it on a, as as a sidecar. But um, I gotta I gotta be honest, this one is phenomenal. I'm not a big fan of Stellum in general. There are other yeah, the barrels we got wasn't uh, wasn't a huge fan. They taste a little young. They taste a little like harsh. Uh, this one actually tastes pretty good. It's got like a little oak finish to it, a nice little sweet peppery finish on the back end. It's really really nice. I'm sipping it like just neat in the glass and it smells a little bit like maple but when you taste it's got a little bit of that oak to it so um yeah two of those ipas aren't 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 doing anything for me particularly uh but knowing that you need a nap after two of them i'm going to send you one of these bottles and i want to see you take a sip of it while you're uh while you're on the pod uh shout out to austin listener of the podcast said when we got back from you know uh (laughs) california he was like you know this is an act because i was like Dude, I, there's like, there's a, there's been like a week where I haven't had like, you know, five beers total. He's like, you're lying. You know, he's like, he's like this whole wine thing you're on. Like it, it's an act. You're going to forget it. And like, you know, we had people for the bachelor, uh, the bachelorette. Um, and, uh, I was like, yeah, I'll have wine. 
And I was like, I bet you. Th- I was like, I got good ass beer in this fridge too, but yeah. I shan't be drinking it tonight. Okay, that's what I, that's do what this I do. wine thing. I'm committed. That's what I do. Uh, man, that's what I do for whiskeys, right? A lot of times I'll crack a bottle. Well, I don't usually open a lot of new bottles, but I'll I'll have like a glass of whiskey because you don't get that bloated feeling. Uh, it's a little, it settles a little easier on your stomach than drinking a loaf of bread, which is what a lot of these big IPAs are. And the only problem with wine though, is most of them don't say very well. You can get the little like cap where you can deep, where you can take all the air out and pressurize it again a little bit, but still there's almost always like a little flavor fall off. So opening a new bottle of wine is like a commitment. And in reality, if you're pouring like actual glasses of wine, there's really only about three glasses in a bottle. Right. Like if you're pouring well, northeast like, glasses, yeah. If if you're if, if, if you're pouring if you're like half a red wine glass, which if you're not using proper glassware, we're gonna have to talk about that. I can educate oh, yeah. you. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, but if you're filling up like the that one third to half a glass of the like red wine glasses, it's really, I'd say like four of those glasses is really what's in a a bottle of wine, like ounce ounce wise. That's what's in that. So it's a commitment. Yeah. Open one by yourself. Open. The worst part is when you open it with somebody else and they're like, yeah, I'm not really feeling wine tonight. And you're like, okay, well, um, I accept this challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, then it just, the uh, the ABV just progressively hits you more and more. And you have wild dreams, allegedly. All right. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's get into talking some sports here. No one, no one joined this. Like this is going to be people who are like, I'm turning this shit off. You guys talk about wine. Brr. Next yeah. thing you know, going to be, you're talking about Taco Tuesday, like LeBron, um, which we could. But, Tim, we are in the yeah. preseason uh, for the NFL. We're getting very close to the beginning of the season, which, uh, you know, you remember. I remember. Or the listeners will remember. I, I have to get my fucking Tom Brady jersey. That's, you know, bucket. Uh, I almost, dude, you shouldn't say anything. Yeah. I would have forgotten no, about no, that. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have forgotten it. We have listeners of the podcast. They'd have held, they'd have held the two accounts. So I got to. I got to do some searching on Etsy and get nope. all these things. Man, oh, really happy I forgot. About that. It's the blended. Really too. not fucking happy about that. Best, best, best pet ever. Goddamn best pet ever. <laughs> nice. And uh, I, I learned my lesson and I will not be making any bets about what the Seahawks are doing this year because if we're going to talk about some of these preseason games and make you overreact, you know, if, as, as someone who's watched Seahawks football for as long as I have, um, I don't like what I'm seeing. Okay. Now, look, there's in the regular season, the Seahawks are pretty good. Well, underneath Russell wasn't there, pretty good against the Steelers. But uh, mm-hmm. between Gino and Drew, now that one of them, you know, kind of got a lot going. There was some decent, decent running production. I do like the direction of the team, but I don't even want to say this out loud, Tim. Uh, Drew Locke has COVID right now. Pete Carroll mm-hmm. just finished up with his COVID stint, and Jimmy Garoppolo is slinging passes to nobody and available. And I almost, I don't even want to fucking say it out loud. I almost, I, uh, I kind of want, I, uh, do it, say it, dummy. <laughs> Whisper those sweet nothings in I my do ear. not want to, I do not want to see the Seahawks play a full season, you know, going back and forth between Drew and Gino. I don't. Pete, either pick one or just, you know, wait for, uh, Jimmy to become infinitely cheap and then just go ahead and spend some money. You know what I mean? Because it's so weird. Nature is healing, right? That was the phrase that everyone kept saying like when we came out of the pandemic. And there have been some Seahawks legends that have been coming back to Seattle and helping out on the sidelines. Richard Sherman getting to a coaching and advisory role uh, with the Seahawks. Marshawn Lynch going to make content for the Seahawks uh, Twitter page at some point this season. Mike Bennett coming back and doing sideline reporting. 
Uh, and the first thing he asked was, Pete, you know, me and all the fans want to know, why did you trade me? Like, that was the first question they asked. Like, it's just vintage, like, you know, getting back to the way that, that Seattle used to be. But that also means run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, high percentage shot downfield, a uh, punt. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not really looking forward to it. I'm really not looking forward to it. Yeah. So, didn't, you guys, uh, didn't you guys just lose a wide receiver today? Uh, uh, running no, back? Actually, Sorry, we, a running back, right? Well, we, we, we got a wide receiver via trade from the Eagles. The Eagles, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think just recently they announced a... Uh, yes. I, I can't handle Kenneth it. Kenneth Walker the third dealing with a hernia injury. Oh, fuck. Uh, Seahawks hoping he will play the opener. Yeah. So what that means, and what we're going to see here in a minute, is Rashad Penny, S-Z-N, season, if you will, as the kids say. Um, but I'm really not looking forward to week one, which is Seahawks Broncos. So, you know, if, if anything, I, I religiously follow the camp beats about Seahawks and, um, mm-hmm. Oof. I'm not really, uh, not really, not really, not really psyched. Ken Walker dealing with a hernia issue says Carol doesn't know what it yet means. Uh, Jake, uh, Curhan out with back spasms also. Yeah, Curran's one of the offensive linemen. They've done some tweaking on the offensive line, but the Mm -hmm, offensive line, let's be honest, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. was always a dream. It was part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You might might see it in a movie three years from now, but it's not really something that's present. So, uh, you know, who's going to know? I'm a little worried about Walker because, you know, Walker was – he he showed some explosiveness. But everyone keeps trying to just draft Lynch too. You know what I mean? It doesn't work. By the way, if anybody just uh, missed that bigger reference – I'm very disappointed. Uh, anyway, moving on. Sam, what are your biggest uh, week one preseason takeaways? Let's hear them. Overreactions. Um, Let's not do takeaways. Okay, Let's go overreactions. Overreactions. Tim, yeah. here, here's my overreaction. Why yeah. can't the Patriots beat the Giants? Why can't that shit happen? How do you lose to the fucking Giants in the preseason? You, you ain't got no offensive or defensive coordinator, and you lose 23 to 21. I don't get that. I don't get that. I really don't. To a team that's been fighting in camp all the time. That has to be pulled apart. And Daniel Mac Jones, Jones, shredded Mac Jones, just doesn't doesn't make it. Come on now. Nah, I mean, there's 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 some thought that he uh, he's got some work to do with that offense, the the Patricia offense. But I mean, I, this is why I don't put a lot of stock in preseason. Right, they're trying to figure a lot of shit out. Everyone's not running, especially week one of preseason. That's about the the worst of the worst when it goes. Yeah. We're going to talk about a lot of games when you went through the if you look through the score sheet for the last week. Uh, almost every game was separated by like three points, four points. There was like one game that may have been separated Except by like nine or ten points. They lost thirty-two to twenty-five. Yeah, so. I was gonna say there was uh there was like a spattering of games, like two or three of them that I think were separated by like eight or more points. But for the most part, everybody was was pretty close. I mean, all of these teams have been practicing together. It's it is what it is. I don't I don't put a lot of stock in it. I think the Giants are going to be a pretty pretty decent team. Maybe not a great team, but if Saquon can actually stay healthy for a full season, uh, yeah. and I know there's a lot of talk about his production, the way he's looked so far, but let's be honest, within week one to four, he's going to be injured and he's going to be out for you know three to five games. So uh, if he can stay healthy and he can play well uh, and Daniel Jones can really lock it in, I think they could be a, a, a pretty decent team. I think the Bills are still... You know, it's it's their table to run uh, in terms of that whole group. Uh, but I think the the Giants. This is my overreaction. I just think they're going to be a 
uh, a team that's kind of in the mix to either play a couple upset games or maybe be part of the conversation later in the season, but it's all going to rely on Barkley being healthy. If he goes out yeah. again, you know, throw in the towel. But throw the towel. Throw the damn it's, towel. It's, <laughs> it's those, uh, it's, it's those, I'm going to say off, off teams for New York because the Giants used yeah. to be the it team, but now it's, it's the Bills, you know, the Buffalo New York Bills are now the New York team that everybody in New York seems to be uh, migrating towards because they're all, you know, fair weather schmucks. Uh, but you have like the... Say it with your chest, player. Say it with <laughs> your chest. Let's go. <laughs> uh, you got you got the Mets. You know, they're doing well. They're, they're like crushing it right now overall uh, across the league. And then the Giants come back and they, you know... If they kind of fluff it up a little bit, we could be looking at uh, you know, some some underdog New York teams actually making a making a splash, being part of the conversation for the first time in a long time. But uh, one of my biggest things was Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield actually making a little bit of a competition. I think, yeah, like you, both of them were, came out. You were talking a lot of shit. Now you gotta you gotta eat some of that crow, man. I mean, talk, I'm, I mean, Sam Darnold, I'll talk shit about all day because I have literally no, uh, I, I, and it's not, I'm going to be clear. I do not think it's his fault. I think they did not develop him properly. They rushed him onto the field without proper support the same way they did Mark Sanchez and they fucked Mark Sanchez by bringing in Tebow behind him and ran that weird two quarterback system. I think Sam Darnold got sort of thrust into the spotlight before he was ready and didn't have enough support to really keep that afloat. Now, do I think he's a great quarterback? I don't think there's been enough football with the proper team around him to show that. He could probably be a mediocre quarterback, a decent quarterback. I mean, you he's one of the small percentage of athletes that made it from Pop Warner all the way to the league, so the guy has talent. We can't say he sucks. Like, anytime you hear someone say, oh, that guy sucks. No, he, he doesn't suck. He's just not as good as the other 31 quarterbacks in the league or 60 for 80. We're talking backups and everything, but uh, he's not giving up that spot without a fight. Now that's not to say Baker Mayfield is an elite quarterback. Now they're both elite quarterbacks. They both, we talked about it before when that trade went down, they're almost identical in numbers across the board. So I think the, I think the Panthers kind of sold a little bit to kind of get the same player. You have two guys that are almost identical whether that plays out in the long run because you can game plan around both of those skill sets because they are so identical. You can literally just swap them out. One gets injured, you get another guy in there. If their skills are almost the same, you should kind of hit the ground running. I don't know if that's that's how that's going to work out yet, but it is interesting to see what that looks like. And that's a big game for me because I think Carolina plays the Browns week one, right? I think that's one of the opening mm-hmm. games. Yeah. That'll be a big one. Yeah. If, if Baker wins... That spot, which if you're the Panthers and you're trying to build up momentum and it's a really close game between those two, I don't know how you, I mean, it's a really close contest between those two. I don't know how you don't gamble by putting him in against that team because if they go in and they He's win. He's the number one overall pick and Darnold was two. So, like, you, you got you to gotta look at it that way. No, but what I mean is if, if, there's, if they're very close and the – they go into that week one, and let's say they they just kicked crap out of the Browns, which they are fully capable of doing because it's not going to be Watson that's starting. They have all that's that true. they have all that drama going on. They've been distracted all season. It's just a little bit of a mess there. 
I could see him coming in and just wiping the team. The amount of momentum that would build going into your season, coming off of like your quarterback just had that moral victory. He's, he's coming in. He's kind of, yeah, look at me now. I'm healthy. Uh, exactly. I'm, I'm on a new exactly. team. Uh, if he gets benched and they lose that game, everyone's going to be lo- wondering like, all right, well, should it have What's been next? Baker? Or, yeah. or if they don't start him, does it become like, oh, well, they don't have confidence. And if Darnold comes out and struggles a little bit, then you're like, oh, shit. Well, okay. Well, now they got a, a really big problem there. So it's tough. They continue to be competitive. I think they should go Baker that first week just just to build up that momentum because that would be huge, that moral victory going into the next season. I think that's something that'd be really tough to to compete with. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> It'd be interesting to see how that how that goes here. Um, there's also been rumors that you're trying to get something for Darnold to move him. Mm. You know, uh, so there there could there could be more moving afoot here. Um, one of the last games I want to talk about here, um, Jacksonville Cleveland Week One. Now this was Deshaun Watson's first snaps of meaningful football since 2020. Okay, oh. and uh, he gave a pre-recorded interview to Aditi. Uh, wow, I don't want to mess up her last name. Uh, a, a King Bawala, I believe that may be a, a rough pronunciation. She's a former NFL network reporter. She's been in Cleveland and, and covered Pittsburgh for a long time. Great reporter. Mm-hmm. She got a pre-recorded interview with Watson in which he apologized, not to the camera. Okay. But he said, I'm sorry to all the women who I've impacted. And that was about the most fucking trash thing I've ever heard that dude say in my life. And I am not happy about this 30 second I'm just I'm just trying to focus on win win football games with the guys here in this locker room. Yeah, bullshit, dude. Yeah. Sell us up the river all you want. Okay, but the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars could not beat the Cleveland Browns in preseason. And it's not an overreaction for me to go, okay, this is year two of Trevor Lawrence. He's still missing receivers. I mean, so did Watson. I mean, it's the preseason. You're gonna see these things, but like, really, Jags? Really? Like, I need Doug Peterson to make that like Philly South and just like get some toughness in that, in that franchise. Cause I don't want to be seeing the Jags picking first overall again, this, this next <laughs> upcoming year. You know what I mean? You got, you got the, you know, football Jesus and the hair God and Trevor Lawrence, like make something out of it. And I just can't believe you lost to the fucking Cleveland Browns in the preseason. Yeah. I mean, again, again it's one of those where like, uh, I don't I don't necessarily fault I'm not gonna fault anybody this early on, right? Like Trevor Lawrence included. Uh because he's starting, he still didn't have his full starting roster. I mean you have you have reps with everybody who's on there. Yeah. Uh your offensive line is in all of your starters for the you know, the entire duration. The the guys you're playing on, a lot of them are practice squad guys, they'll get in a couple reps with the starters and then kinda of move on. I think if this progresses going into uh, like the the third week of preseason, which is also another tough one because sometimes they sit their starters because they feel comfortable with it. preseason's a joke, right? It's it's too many games. Tim, it should be two games. Jacksonville's own two, and Jacksonville scored six points in the first, hmm? seven points in the second, and nothing the rest of the game. Nothing, absolutely nothing, and they allowed the Cleveland Browns. To put two quarters back to back, fourteen and ten points, they lost twenty four to thirteen. Yeah, it's not it's not by a few points, it's by eleven points. That's bad. And I don't think I mean maybe I'm overreacting here. That's why I put it on the list, right? 
maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars really just are bad. You know what I mean? But like, it's we need it, something I'm, more out of Jags fans. Come on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's entirely possible. I mean, they were without they were without was it a tra- uh, Travis Etienne Junior. The they drafted. Yeah, they were without him the whole rookie season. He was holding on to the ball way too long. I mean, there, there's definitely some some small mechanical changes that that we could see going into this season when you have your full roster going into it. I'm going to be honest. I'll, I'm going to be wishy-washy about all my preseason conversations, the entire preseason, because I'm one of those that thinks it's like a joke. Everyone's like, oh, my God, is Brady being away from his team going to impact oh, yeah. his performance this season? I'm like, what? I mean, if you look hasn't, at him, hasn't affected him over the last twenty years. It's not going to. And, and he does not play every preseason snap, so uh, that that's that's a, a microcosm. It's a small example. I know he's different. We're talking rookie quarterbacks who need as many or, or quarterbacks in their second year, or rookie quarterbacks who need to get in, get in their reps. Um, so I'm not, you know, it is what it is. I'm not. Uh, I'm not too concerned if he if if he can focus a little bit more on picking his targets and getting the ball out a little faster, I think he's holding on to it too long and throwing under pressure a little too much. But uh, yeah, I did love shout out to all the Jaguar fans. Cause they let uh, Watson have it. Good. Have it Good. the I, whole time. I, I, I agree. All the conjecture. And this is like, you know, outside of uh, preseason, but all the conjecture about um, who's trying to get what and, whether or not, you know, Watson will accept a $5 million fine. Like, none of this shit is looking good for you, dude. The more yeah. that you fucking, like, stick your nose in it and try and, like, lessen the effect on your current product, like, just not good for you. Not good for you at all. Not yeah. good. Like, you got $230 million guaranteed. And if you lose $5 million of it, like, you're like, oh, I gave you $5 million. Yeah, you fucking ruined people's lives. If, if, if they came to I, me... I if I were him and I was trying to save face, they came to me and said, your penalty is $5 million. I'd say, you know what? Let me offer an additional, let me give you $20 million, right? You got so much guaranteed money. $20 million is like a drop in the bucket. And then go a step further and say, listen, I didn't realize... Uh, First of all, before I before I say this, this is not me right. excusing him. Not, this is saying right, not what, condoning it. Yep. Yes. If if I were in his position and I was, if I felt that I was not in the wrong, and I was trying to help right my wrongs, they came to me and said, "You know, you're suspended for six games. We want to find you five million dollars." First of all, I don't know if I would necessarily fight the six games unless i thought hey i went to court everything was above board i shouldn't be suspended if you want to find me for my behavior i accept let me give you an additional 20 20 million dollars and let's donate that money to victims of sexual abuse and let's build awareness let's do things like that but it's a lot of things but instead he's like i'm sorry for the women who may have been (laughs) It was one yeah. of those like backhanded. I'm sorry for the women who may have felt uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. But yeah. by the way, it wasn't a big deal. Like you know, what I mean, like that that sort of shit is just yeah. like I'm focusing on you, football. You, You're like, no, right. you have. You, you cannot do that. And okay, focus on football and focus on the fact that you're gonna make 230 million dollars and probably play 10 snaps of football over the next couple of years. So sucks to suck, Browns, that you did you gave this dude a quarter of a billion fucking dollars. Yeah, and. You know, you decided to listen to his crackpot lawyer and draw a line in the sand and be like, well, 
you know, we did our research. We stand behind him. You didn't do enough research. You're standing behind him because that's what you think you need to do as an organization. But like, the, the man has ruined the lives of multiple double digit women, right? Yeah. Like, and the, and the fact that like the common refrain from his lawyer is like, well, we, we expected the public to sort of side with us in these things goes back to what I said in the beginning, which is why women probably, maybe, why some women may not have come forward. They don't want their lives open to the public scrutiny where some fucking idiot lawyer is going to just try and ruin their lives, put their names on social media, and let the internet and all the fucking trolls and the shitheads of the world go to work. And I wouldn't do that shit either. And drag them through I, everything. Exactly. Like, they're going to exactly. dig up when, every when they wrongdoing they've ever done as if it right. is Right, when they wouldn't do that shit to Deshaun Watson, and they're just letting it, letting it slide, so... You know, I don't know. I, I, I think there's going to be some discipline. I hope that the NFL does, you know, take a, I'm glad that they appealed it. You know, after we talked last time, you know, they, they submitted their appeal. So the NFL PA, we'll see what happens. A man yep. can dream Tim that it'll be 16 games, but uh, we'll see. It won't um, be. It won't other be. than that, the only last thing I got to say about the preseason, the Falcons, Desmond Ritter, he's that quarterback, right? Leads a game winning touchdown with like a minute to go. Uh, against the Detroit Lions, who are the team of hard knocks this year. Um, that's going to be a hard episode to watch if you're a Lions mm -hmm. fan. Sorry, Matt. But uh, it's bold for a team like Atlanta to sort of make the moves that they did. Matt Ryan, who was an MVP, brought it to a Super Bowl, coaching situations, running to the Patriots, all that shit, you know, didn't go well for you. But, like, that team had Julio. That team had, you know, Freeman. That, that team had... Uh, uh, Dwight Freeney liked it. Should have been there more. There was a lot, a lot of talent on that that Atlanta Super Bowl team, and for the way for it to to kind of fall apart, I do I do have a little bit of appreciation for how Arthur Blank um, and now the the new head coach there are like, nah, fuck it, swing for the fences. I'm about it. Do it, absolutely do it. If you think you can get a version of a Russell Wilson or a Lamar Jackson and Desmond Ritter, and you think you can you can do some stuff, and you want to restart over the team, brand new quarterback, brand new. Go do it. Absolutely go do it. Um, but I do feel I, I feel really bad for the Lions because, like, you know, when a team gets the hard knock treatment, everyone's like, all right, I believe you now. And we did this with the Cardinals. We did this with the Raiders when they were going through all the A-B drama. We did it with the Rams when they had golf and didn't win a Super Bowl that year. Uh, and now we got the Lions. And uh, the Lions fans don't deserve the, the hard knocks curse that is inevitably going to come on top of them and the amount of games they may or may not win this season. Uh, for that but there's been some pretty good content that's come out of it thus far so all right so before we move on thought you were gonna get away with this <clears throat> no yeah no no we, we gotta dive a little deeper for about five minutes or less into this seahawks team and oh if you want to talk about the broncos for some reason i don't know why but if you want to talk about the broncos <laughs> we can uh, okay I, I will i will i'm glad you asked um real quick peter real king quick. hold on Sports, hold on real quick america yeah Real quick, real quick. I'm just gonna read you the stat line. You had two quarterbacks who matter. Yeah, two quarterbacks who uh, played this game. One went eleven and fifteen, a hundred and two mm -hmm. yards, mm -hmm. six point eight average with two yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. No, no. That, he finished with a passer rating of a one thirty one. Mm -hmm. The other one, ten for fifteen, a hundred and one yards, uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions, only had one sack. Finished with an 85.7. Give me your take on, uh, first of all, do you know which one is which? Yeah, the first one is Drew Locke. The second one is Geno Smith. Okay. 
So yeah, yeah. the quarterback you're shitting on is uh he scored two of their three touchdowns. Yeah, I again it is preseason. There there is there is something to be said about Gino having a lot of familiarity with the system, and I think mm-hmm. that Locke probably has a higher ceiling. I just don't think he's grasped the offense yet, and I think that's why Pete's still necessarily allowing this quarterback competition. Like the amount of fucking articles I get sent to my phone because I have all the sports notifications, like yeah. ooh. Guess which quarterback for the Seahawks started practice today with the ones. No, fuck you. Stop telling me. I don't care. I don't want to know. I've already like maligned myself to believe that this, this is going to be a little bit of a rough year. So to me, who takes the snaps with the ones and the twos is not important. It's important yeah. for the coaches. It's not important for me as the fans because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dial in. I'm gonna watch the games regardless. And be All right, so you know. So who do you want? Lock? Lock. Okay. Yeah, and I'll say Locke because I've seen Geno play. He's been a quarterback for, you know, for the Seahawks for for the backup quarterback for quite a while. I did watch him play uh, in Pittsburgh last year against the Steelers. Shout out Dan. Uh we went went to see that game in person on Sunday night. That was that was pretty great. And they lost because Geno coughed it up fumble wise. Okay. Locke is Locke is younger. Locke isn't afraid to sling it sort of in that Baker uh Mayfield image and he makes mistakes. I mean, quarterbacks make mistakes. It happens. I mean, but your I previous getting... quarterback was good for a pick or two almost every game until the end of the season. Yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. But, so uh... I'm, I'm going to write this down. Sam wants Drew Locke. Right. I mean, if Jimmy Garoppolo is available, then. Um, Wait. Just... You would take Garoppolo over Locke? Uh, yes, 100%. And I think you would too. And it would be mostly to smite all the 49ers fans that I'm friends with and be like, ha ha, bitch. Mostly came in and said, chose Trey Lance and Pete Carroll beat you because the 49ers have not beaten the Seahawks a lot. Like, that is the one team that the Seahawks have a winning record against. And that shit is not going to change because it didn't change when they had a shitty quarterback, it didn't change when they had Russell Wilson. It's not going to change this year with Trey Lance. Yeah. Like, yeah. all right. And then, at uh, worst, Seattle splits the series with the Niners at then, worst. All right. And then last question. I'm just going to pick a random team out. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, the Broncos? Uh, Peter random King. Random pick. <laughs> I know, right? Peter, Peter King, um, revered sports writer, Football Morning in America, NBC Sports, uh, legend in, in his own right, talked about the attitude at camp and um, how a lot of Broncos players are saying it's like when Peyton came in and sort of revitalized things and, and turned it around. Um but that's that's Russ's thing. It's fucking rah rah. It's get everyone bought into the system. As one thing that Richard Sherman was very very clear on was that he appreciated Pete's Pete's teachings, but that it, it grew old at some point, and that the players needed to zig when everyone else zagged. And Russ is going to find success. He's going to he has a decent offensive line. He has a good running attack. And there's a defense behind it, and a young hot shot coach who wants to pair with him. And there's an article coming in camp about how they're arguing about uh, what to call the audibles from what star Wars, you know, theme because <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett is a star Wars geek. Like I'm happy for you. that You guys can geek out on football. I'm happy that Russ can show up an hour before practice and get all the receivers and everything to throw because they had Teddy B and drew lock throwing to them. And now they got Russell Wilson. I'm sure they're happy about it. Even though he the best for the Broncos, even though he didn't, uh, the Chiefs. even though he didn't take a single snap the whole game. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, he didn't really do that. in, you know, well, I, I mean, Russ, Russ, Russ doesn't take traditional snaps. Even when he was injured last year, he took, like, mental snaps where he was, like, in the end zone taking, you know, 
shotgun snaps under center. Like he's just he's that guy. As Danny O'Neill from uh, Seven Ten in Seattle said, <laughs> "It's a weird guy." If if you're <laughs> if you're just now noticing how corny Russell Wilson could be, then you've not been paying attention this entire time, right? He's never changed. He's going to stay consistent to himself. I wish the best for him. I also wish for a big fat fucking L week one, handed to him by Drew Locke. You know what I mean? A man can dream, Tim. A man can dream. Fair enough. All right. Who's going right, to end up with a better record? Oh, it's going to be the Broncos. Come on. Let's not, <laughs> <laughs> let's not even. Let's, let's not even. Let's not even go there. Let's not even go there. It's going to be the Broncos. I'm not taking uh, another stupid bet where I have to wear a, a fucking heinous Russell Wilson jersey that's part Seahawks, part Broncos, which would be an <gasps> abomination. It would be an abomination. I mean, think about this. But you'd wear it. Russ, no. <laughs> I wouldn't even I wouldn't even speak that bet into existence. Russ beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl. And now, I mean, just like what, what do they say in the second Batman film? You either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That's it. That's all I gotta say about that. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's let's get into this here. Um we're gonna do a little mock drafty here. What do you uh what what platform do you want? You want Yahoo, you want the worldwide leader? What are we doing? Uh that's a great question. Great question. I'm trying to see if I can get logged into both of them. Which I want to get logged into first is the one we'll take. How's that? Oh, shit, man. <laughs> I've, I've already been in the Entertainment Sports and Programming Network uh, and both oh. Yahoo Sports for a long time. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I, I forgot I could log in from a, a computer. Uh, which one do you play more on? I play on Yahoo both. this year. All right, we can do Yahoo. All right, All right. let's do that. I'm in a lot of 10-team uh, leagues. I'm, I'm in like a 12-teamer this year. Um yep. But I think I think ten team is I think ten teams good for us. I might I might need a sidecar to make this a reality. Do it. Sidecar acquired. Oh, we back, so. baby. I'm glad I logged okay. into this because I uh, I have two drafts already scheduled. Dang. Okay. <laughs> August twenty first, September first, and damn, August, that's like that's like next week, bro. It's Sunday. Yeah, I Jeez. have. Uh, I got the I got the work company picnic. Uh, on, oh, there you go. on Monday, which is going to be dope. We run out a, an entire uh, like amusement park for a little bit. It's a small amusement park, but I'm trying to think of what it's... It's bigger than like Funtown, Splashtown by like a good margin, but not quite as big as Six Flags. Like somewhere in between. Hmm. Interesting. What do, what do we got here? Alright, cool. You got the number one spot. I got the number five spot. Um, this is going to be good. This is really going to be good. Okay, so the draft starts in a few minutes here, five minutes. We, we can we can kill this airtime. This is the thing. Uh, first of all, you fucked up because you grabbed the number one one I, uh, overall spot. Yeah, uh, I'm I mean, to get look, in. It, it's very good when you're mock drafting. You want you want to mock draft from every single position that you can, right? Yeah. So if you can get in, grab whatever spots available. If there's other spots open, definitely move. In a ten team league, though. Being number five is where you want to be because you're getting to pick in the middle of every single round. Whereas in a traditional stake draft, if you're number one, you don't pick yeah. again until 20. Yeah, right? you get two back-to-back. -back. Uh, you right. get one, two back-to-back, -back, back and then you're just watching those big guys fall off the board. Exactly, exactly. And it really forces you to draft a little bit better. Look, you can play whatever strategy you want. Zero RB, double tight end. Super quarterback heavy, whichever way your league is, know the scoring rules. Definitely go in and, and play those. But the big thing here in a 10 team redraft league, which is what we're doing right now, and probably a lot of the leagues that you play in, your first four or five picks are going to be what like makes or breaks your team. Right. Yeah. 
So you really do have to make sure that like when you do this shit that you know exactly what you got going on. Yeah. And I personally don't like drafting from the one, two, or the three. Just like in track and field, the best lanes are, you know, four, five, six, because they're in the middle. And uh, you got to run a little bit longer. But, uh, you know, all things considered, you're going to be much better. Now, traditional scoring we got going on here. So four-point uh, passing touchdown, six-point rushing touchdown. So from a quarterback perspective, might fade some of your um, non-mobile quarterbacks like Tom Brady, right? Because he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns, yes. But if you want those extra two points, it's going to help you win your week sometimes. Maybe you might go mobile quarterback like a Herbert or, mm-hmm. or a uh, Mahomes or a, a Lamar, something like that, right? But uh, you know, I was listening to something today. Shout out to fantasy footballers. Uh, Tom Brady, 4,000-plus yards and 40 touchdowns most years. So mm-hmm. kind of a big fucking deal, you know? Like, yeah. Maybe you don't like give up those uh, – legitimate stats that just that don't matter but they do actually in fantasy football because you want pure <laughs> volume <laughs> i'm interested to see what you do at the number one though uh i don't think I'm you can really I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what i'm gonna you, do what are you gonna do uh i'm taking jonathan taylor well yeah obviously that's like a no-brainer that's the first one i'm taking i think it's important that um folks take the pick that they feel most comfortable with. Yeah. I'll see who's available at five, but like, I don't think Jonathan Taylor's going to last until five, obviously. I just, um, told, you, I just, wonder... I just told you I'm going to take it first. Right, right, right. But you never know. Maybe you could like get, you know, freaked out and just decide to take Christian McCaffrey one, one. You never know. It could happen. Uh, I can't rely on that man to be actually healthy long enough. So, <laughs> uh, it is, it, it is, it is pretty great. Um, if you don't play fantasy football, you, you don't have to, you don't have to play with money. It can just, you can just join a league and just play against random people. It definitely makes you watch the game in a different way, and you appreciate it a little bit more, I think, than you would normally because you're invested in other teams. You got to do a lot of research to be successful in fantasy football. Even if you're, like, kind of fresh out the gate and, you know, you get lucky and you just draft a lot of, the like, the the big-name players and people are like, oh, shit, you got Mahomes. I was going to take him there. Like, like, oh, yeah, I knew what I was doing. No, the fuck you didn't, dude. Like, <laughs> You just got lucky. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it can be a very good thing. What's your first move? Depending on what's you know, available. At, at number five, I'm probably going wide receiver there, to be to be frank. Um, huh? I know Derrick Henry is usually taken around the the 1.5, 1.6. Huh? For me, Henry is probably too much of a risk coming off a plate, an actual plate being in his foot. And sometimes the running backs, when they when they get that hurt that first time, like they just don't ever they don't ever come back. You don't think now, he's come you don't think he's come back? Now, I, he's going to be Derrick Henry, but he's not going to be. Again, if you had a plate in your fucking foot, you're not walking the same. You're not running the same, right? There's only so much pain you can sort of take. And like the, to, to know that like AJ Brown isn't there anymore, like they're going to be keyed in on the run. Mm-hmm. So do I want the pure volume that, uh, that Henry's going to bring? Or do I want to look at like maybe health and maybe see if there's upside in other players? Like if it's, if it's Derrick Henry or Justin Jefferson at five, I'm taking Justin Jefferson. Dude yep. who just absolutely climbed up the charts last year. Going to be, excuse me, the main target uh, for Kirk Cousins. He's going to get a, a lot of passes. That makes more sense to me. That That's how I look, right? I look for pure volume. And especially like in a league where there's a, a lot more pass catching running backs now. Mm-hmm. I'm more oft to grab pass catching running backs with my flex spot. 
hmm. necessarily just putting another another wide in or, or or another wide receiver or tight end in there. Speaking of tight ends, this is kind of a barren year. You know, either you grab early and you get one of the like the the first like big three, or you don't, and you just kind of see if you can stream the position. Like Kelsey is the standard. Darren Waller might score some more points, but Mark Andrew was the T one last year. So like, are you just not going to take Mark Andrews? Like, of course you are. Lamar's all jacked. He's going to have like a, a killer year. Like Mark Andrews is going to get a ton of passes. If you're deciding between a tight end and, you know, I don't think that they're around the same place, but if, if you can grab either Kelsey or Andrews, that's fantastic. Now, some people are like, nah, whatever. I want, you know, to fill out my first three picks, get two running backs, get a, a running back, a wide receiver, and maybe a quarterback. Cause I think like Josh Allen's going like at the back end of the second or early third. So I'll be interested to see if you take him there. I mean, he was the, the QB one last year, according to the fantasy footballers. And yeah. you know it's, what uh, you're getting with that dude. Yeah. I, I, I'm one of those that kind of plays the board with what it is. I don't put a lot of stake into like, do I draft a quarterback too high? Do I, if I see a lot of big name players go off first and I need to make sure that I have points available in case someone's injured, third and fourth. I mean, I try not to do it before the fourth round at the very earliest, but every now and again, I'll take a quarterback early if things are kind of, you know, if if things look like they're moving quick, I might jump on it just to just to make sure I secure some kind of points, you know? Yeah, I, I would agree there. My my own thing is that like quarterback is gonna be loaded this year. You could you could wait on quarterbacks and and definitely get something uh you know useful. I, I use Tom Brady as an example. Whatever your thoughts sports wise on Tom Brady, the dude is money. He's consistent yeah. year in and year out. And what you need to be doing is you need to be scoring 20 to 25 points a week in the quarterback position. That's what you need to do fantasy-wise. So if you can get that, you're going to be just fine. And there's going to be weeks where, yes, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are going to have 40 quarterback points. But there's also going to be weeks they score 15. Because hmm. they're just going to be having a very, very bad week. And you don't want that shit necessarily. I, You know, you probably would want someone who's going to get you the same amount of you know points week in and week out. That's probably... That's probably best. Hmm. All right, sir. Game on. <clears throat> I'm excited for this. Is my, this is the first. This is the first draft pick. Uh, the mock draft I've done so far. Hey, there you go. The fantasy football season is officially starting. Now we're doing it live. Doing it live. All right. Let's see here. Ooh, first pick in 45 seconds. I wonder what's going to happen. I do not know. But that first name does look. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong, Jonathan Taylor, but I'm, I'm shocked to see Justin Jefferson at two and Cooper Cup at three. So I was talking a lot of shit, but I'm also shocked to see at pick five, I'm projecting to get Austin Eckler or Dalvin Cook. And if either one of them are there, I'm taking either one of them because, again, volume, pass catching running backs, going to be on an offense that, that does quite a bit. Now, Tim, you, you got to tell me, what, what do you draft for? Do you draft for... Like after your first few picks, do you draft for bye week like replacements, or do you draft specifically for best player available upside? Uh, I usually go. I usually go best available best available player one through like six or seven, and then I start looking for bench players, guys who are like decent fill ins in case uh, of injuries, uh, things like that. So, 
I'm still going. I still play the the big upside in case I got injuries and I need someone to to fill in. Um. So I mean, I guess it depends. I do a lot of auction oh, draft. We're we're already here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Jonathan Taylor in first. Eckler in second. McCaffrey third. Najee Harris. Holy shit! I got Justin Jefferson at five. Fuck yeah! I'm going with that. Let's go. Come on. There we go. Drafted. Fifth. I got Justin Jefferson fifth overall. Hell yeah, dude. Look at that. There's some weird people in this draft, man. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. This is, this is fucking weird. Uh yeah. That's the downside. Okay. For anybody Cooper who... Cup going sixth overall. Who are who's drafted in this league, man? This isn't even auto draft. This is I mean Cooper this Cup is shocking to me. Cooper Cup, when he's healthy and available, is no fucking joke. So I, I think what we're I think the the problem with mock drafts is it throws you in with a bunch of, you know, randos and some of them are yeah. more tenured and know how to play it, others don't. But I mean Cooper Cup, you know, if you're picking late in the draft, uh there's a chance you could have, you know, maybe secured someone who's a little bit more reliable. He's had some injury prone problems, but yeah. I don't think that's a, a terrible someone's gonna get this, Allen. This someone's gonna insane. get Allen in the next five picks. This is insane. Derrick Henry went eighth. Dalvin Cook ninth. Barkley top ten. Alvin Kamara eleven. He's facing us. What? Oh, Tim, we're like geniuses in this thing. I will tell you what, Jesus, Jesus, Louise. <laughs> I know who my pick is, and he's going to disappear in a second. Sure Finkel, Finkel for the win. Being your your team name is is yeah, right? crazy. I always like to do something. Almost like, nobody like, gets uh... it. It's aging myself at this point. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like I'm not going to get either one of these tight ends because uh, Mark Andrews is projected to go right before I can I can grab him. Interesting. Picks available to me. Javonta Williams, Denver running back, probably a good pick. Uh, Tyreek Hill for Miami, eh, maybe a decent pick. Michael Pittman, nah. Ezekiel Elliott, nice back bounce back here. I need I need a. Uh... Oh Girl. my God. Mark Andrews. At pick sixteen, here we go. Draft it. Andrews, huh? All right. Yeah, again, I one of one of the hallmarks of the, the fantasy teams that I've won championships on has been a a solid tight end. Um in uh shout out the old guy Sigma New League, we have a keeper and I keep Kelsey just every year that I can. Okay. He, he's in he's in a killer offense, he's gonna get uh a ton. Ooh, you're up with two picks. You're totally taking his easy. Uh, damn. <laughs> no, I was gonna take uh I was going to take Kelsey. I had him favorited. Uh, so I'm going to take Elliot, hoping he can have like a an okay year. And then I'm going to follow it up with... Uh... You're going to do it. You're going to do it. Uh, torn between really, Connor you, or Evans. Are you serious? What do you mean? You're not going to take Josh Allen? Uh, I can't... Uh... I respect you, Tim. I respect you. Yeah, yeah. Talk your shit, Tim. Don't don't be uh. Nah. Oh, nah, oh nah. shit. Devontae Adams is still there. You took Mike Evans over Devontae Adams. I got. Questions. I did. I did. I did. I did. I got questions. I I I have questions also. Please let Devontae Adams be there. Please pick Ceedee Lamb or Devontae Adams. You dumb internet player who doesn't pay attention to any of this shit. Succeeding Lamb. Okay, I'm taking Devontae Adams. Tim, I'm gonna have the best team of this draft. I'm just letting you know right now it's gonna happen. Um, I cannot believe this. Who are we playing against? 
Randos. There's mock draft. This is also why you got to do a lot of mock drafts, people, because you will definitely go up against some, uh, how do I say this? Some ghouls, okay? Some knuckle draggers, if you will. And you'll go up against some people who are you know, MIT grads that are, that are you know, taking a look at uh, everything that's available here. Look, Justin Jefferson, Devonta Adams, Mark Andrews so far, and Josh Allen might fall to me with my pick in round four. And if this happens, I'm going to You're You're going to go four? You're going to go four? With a quarterback, yeah, I think I think it's it Josh kinda, Allen. I think it kind of paints a picture though as to what these guys are are looking at because no one's picking him, which means they're all they're all kind of on the same page. Thinking that so, maybe, yeah, could be. I mean, could you, be could de- sure. you could definitely take him, but I feel like that's dude. This is this is awesome. early. Okay, so so look right in the fourth round pick. For tight ends, Kyle Pitts is there. Kyle Pitts is going to get a lot of passes this year. So if you didn't get Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, number three tight end, I'm mean, Darren Wall, right around there. So you should definitely take the shot. And look, someone took Josh Allen with the 32nd pick. That's super early, by the way. Super yeah. early. But you're in a tight team league. That's that's probably going to happen. Look, I and got it, two wide receivers the internet right now. Where nothing where nothing matters. Let's, that's let's true. Real. I got I got two wide receivers right now. I have in a tight end. They're elite wide receivers, by the way. Justin Jefferson, Devonta Adams, and I have Mark Andrews. I had the top, the top, top folks in those positions. I need to go running back here. Now, Brees Hall from New York Jets, slated. He's available. David Montgomery. I know what I'm going to get with him from the Chicago Bears. Elijah Mitchell from the San Francisco 49ers. He's also available. I, because I, I have done, I only got 20 seconds here, because I've done so much work to shore up elite other people at, at the position. I have two elite wide receivers. I'm going to take a flyer on Brees Hall here. Probably super high to draft, but I'm going to do it. I was going to take Montgomery if he's still available, but he's by week uh, week 14, and I have Taylor, who's also a buy on week 14. So I think I'm going to go... Out here. Now I might have myself a little dilemma here, but uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go now. What you gonna do? I'm gonna go Sutton first, and I'm actually and I'm gonna take Waller. Sutton, which is good. Yeah, that's and good I'm pick. Take, and I'm gonna take Waller. Here's why I like that stack that you just did right. Well, the back-to-back picks that Cortland Sutton. I'm for the Broncos. Like Tim Patrick, who was gonna catch a lot of pass from Russell Wilson, probably tore his ACL. There's gonna be extra volume that goes there, right? And Russ is a guy that when he he connects with a receiver, he's gonna throw out a ton of them. You picking Darren Waller is very good. Now, he's not practicing in the, in the preseason, but he is Derek Carr's target. Outside of Devonta Adams, he's getting the ball. So you want that. You want that upside. Um, is anyone stupid enough? Oh, my goodness. This is going to be a murderer's row of quarterbacks. Someone took. Okay, Lamar Jackson went 42nd. All right, so here are the picks that I have. David Montgomery, running back. Mike Williams, wide receiver. Deontay Johnson, Antonio Gibson, J.K. Dobbins. Excuse me. A.J. Dillon. I'm not going to take Josh Jacobs because it's the same team. <sighs> All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go wild here. I'm taking a quarterback. I'm taking Justin Herbert. Thank you. I'm taking Justin Herbert mostly because the guy had a killer, killer, killer season. And he's going to get infinitely better anyways. And I like the fact that he slings it. He's got that little Mahomesy thing going on. Um, you know, being a Pac-12 fan, I know what the Ducks were capable of it with, with him behind the helm there. And the Chargers have the talent there. And I think he's only going to get better because 
he was slinging it and he wasn't afraid of anything. Now he's got an even, even better team defensively behind them that's going to get them the ball more times. I want that volume. So yeah. that that's where that's where I'm going to go. Shit, I need another like running back, though, because, oh, boy, I ain't, I ain't got none. And now, look, Mahomes is gone. Wow. Wow. Woo. Yeesh. <laughs> let's let's go ahead and delete that out. That. <laughs> All right, here goes the quarterbacks. Mahomes is out. Yeah. Wait, Metcalf? Let's Metcalf is on the board. And you didn't take Metcalf. I thought your homerism no, might have written that a little bit. I know. I know. I'm in a I'm in a, shout out to the Seahawkers league. I'm in a, I'm in a league every year where you got to draft at least one Seahawks player, and usually we're all fighting for it. And you know, usually someone who's like, oh shit, I'll I'll take Wilson this year. You know what I mean? But uh, DK got the extension. He's gonna he's gonna be doing big things this year. It's volume, right? That's what I go back to. I go back to volume. Is he gonna get the amount of volume that I think he is? That's gonna help me week in and week out. I already have two elite wide receivers, and they actually don't have the same bye week. So I just need to draft a third wide receiver that's decent. Like what I think is coming up here, which I'll show you. If he stays in the board, I'll tell you why I did this. Um, you know, fuck. Well, he left. I was going to grab uh, <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster there, um, but I won't. I guess I'll grab Deontay Johnson uh, by week nine. Okay, I'll grab Deontay Johnson. Again, pure volume. Um, Could have gone Jerry Judy, though. Probably wouldn't have been a bad idea to go Jerry Judy. I wouldn't have had a bad idea at all. Oh boy. Problem I'm in right now is as I'm as I'm looking down the board, like available players who are worth it, um, in their bye weeks are uh -huh. all aligned, uh -huh. right? Like week nine is gonna be a tough week for a lot of quality players, like Judy's week nine, um Taylor's week nine, Sutton is week nine. Just, I'll have to start. I'm at that point now where I'm gonna go position player. I'm gonna back it up with a uh, with a quarterback. Um, and I'm gonna go. Ooh. Uh, Reaching here. I'm gonna go stealing. Need a uh, backup. And I'm doing it. You're gonna hate me for this. No, I, I don't. I don't hate you taking Brady there. And that, the reason I, the reason I took him is he was right behind Kyler Murray in fantasy points last season and projected and points I, this season. <laughs> So, Does Tom Brady have a homework clause in his contract? He doesn't. So you got you got to go that way. Yeah, I'm still not fully up on Murray. Uh, he's also listed as questionable to start the season. Brady is as yeah. well, but that's because he's away for like personal reasons. So um, that isn't homerism. That is actually because uh, I had him in one of my four leagues last season, and he was my third most contributor in terms of points uh, behind a kicker. And a running back. <laughs> yeah. Okay, my turn to draft here. <sighs> I need a running back. Devin Singletary, nah. Damian Harris, trade candidate, nah. Um, Rashad Bateman. If I didn't already have a Ravens player, I might take him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be the homer. I'm gonna take. Nope, definitely not going to take um, Rashad Penny. I'm going to take Chase Edmonds. Is based off projected. Uh, 
nope, I'm not. I'm going homerism. I'm going to Rashad Penny. Here we go. Um, and you, you, you got me to do that because you talked about the injury today. Uh, a Pete Carroll running back is going to get a ton of volume, and a quarterback, depending on who they are, playing for the Seattle Seahawks, you're going to have to rely on the run game quite a bit. So I want, I want the volume there. Um, so I went elite at wide receivers and tight end and quarterback. I mean, Herbert's on the fringe elite. He, he really is. Um, but I decided to make a concession, and the concession was running backs. So I have to make sure, this is a note for me in the season, that if I were to go into the season with this team, that I have to make sure that I'm playing the waiver wire. There's going to be a running back who breaks out on someone else's team that no one else drafted, that he's available on the waiver wire. I need to be playing the waivers like the first few weeks. I need to make sure I get a couple of those guys to stack my bench and make sure that I have running back depth that's not going to hurt me but hurt other teams who don't draft them mm-hmm. or pick them off, off the waiver wire later in the season. So if it comes to me, I'm going to go wide receiver, running back. I'm going to pick up Chris Godwin, and then I think I'm going to go Devin Singletary. Uh, just now now I'm playing the, the bye week game. I'm trying to stack teams. I'm I'm trying to find players who can contribute during bye weeks. Um, and if you pick either one of those, <clears throat> I'm gonna edit your whole portion of the podcast out. Players <laughs> uh, on there, okay. Like the, like the tight ends you get at this point. Dawson Knox from Buffalo, around the same time that Dak Prescott and Trey Lance and Matt Stafford are getting ready to go. Oh, shit, my turn to draft. Here we go. <clears throat> At this point, I began to fill the bench out here, so I guess I probably will go. Um, Mark Cooper's still on the board. Interesting. I know. Another week, another week nine player, though. I'm going to go Devin Singletary there. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. I don't think he's the outright lead back, but I think that you go to an, an offense where the volume is 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 big there and I don't think that Clyde Edwards Hilaire who's the next running back that was taken I'm not really sure and Damian Harris right before I'm not really sure that these running backs are, are folks I'm starting every week but could be some weeks where... I mean we're, we're at the point in the draft too where the the projected point difference between a lot of these guys are like a handful of points right it's right. not it's not it's... like it's anything crazy I, I won't go so far as to say we're in like the trash part of the uh uh the draft yet um but it's mm, you're starting to get in like the the gambling territory like i'm going to take stevenson from the from the pats he's projected for 185 points this season he only had like 107 last season but he'll be a good uh fill-in because uh his bye week is week 10 i have elliot out so it gives me enough time uh, if he's not productive to try and offload him and pick someone up off the waiver wire who might be, you know, a surprise standout. So that one is yep. a strategic move where I have enough time. I don't have to start him because I have Elliot and Taylor. Uh, if one of them gets injured, I can fill him in, but they're, they're both mid to late season bye weeks so week nine and week 14. Mm. If he doesn't pan out, I could dump him, go to the waiver wire, see if I could make a move there, or maybe offer up some trades. So I think there's a lot of yeah. upside there because definitely could work. Projected his upside is is almost 100 points more than we was last season. So yeah, we'll see. 
We'll see. Plus, I, th- I think that I think that uh, Harris might be a trade candidate. That's that's what some of the Yahoo uh, Sports News was. So you you might you might have gotten a volume player in there. Uh, I went Darnell Mooney at the 85th pick. Justin Fields is going to have a bounce back year for sure. He's been targeting Mooney a lot. And that's just that's uh, mo. We have the first defense off the board with the 86 pick, and that's the Buffalo Bills defense. I think it's super that's fucking a, early. That's aggressive. Um, you can honestly. You can stream defenses in, in fantasy and for the most part win a championship, right? You're going to have those teams like the the Rams defense where they have like all those pick sixes that year or the, the Chiefs that will go one of two ways. You'll either score a ton of points or you'll lose a ton of points. But remember, in fantasy with defense, you want to score anywhere from seven to ten points. Ten points is a shutout. Seven points is, hey, we've let like, you know, one to two touchdowns in. That's what you want because especially if you get a pick six the other way, you're going to get fantasy points for that as well that will offset. What you don't want is to have a defense that's like absolute garbage, like we're going to say the Jets, because they probably will be. You're going to get like negative points every week. You don't want that. Mm. The 93rd pick, Kyler Murray finally went. Do you think this homework clause is like doing something? I don't know, man. Like that's a long way for that dude not to have anything. Some, uh, definitely some interesting moves going on. I also. So I'll be honest, I haven't looked into some of the ratings this season as I normally would. Like, why, what change transpired where they think Hunter Renfro is going to be 40 points less than last season? Like, I'd be curious to know what that is. And obviously these folks are like, you know, Vegas bookmakers where, you know, they happen to be right more often than than they're wrong, but still... It's still interesting to me uh, that that's kind of Lockett projected to score almost 40 points less than what he was last season. Well, I mean, look, we have a kicker going off the board at 95. Pick at ni- pick 95. That's insane. At 96, I took Zach Ertz as backup tight end. I mean, I know what I'm getting with him. All right. For, think for the win. Who you got here? Uh, So I need to start stacking out my bench. Um. It should I be the will, tight end for Denver. I, I was going to say, you think so? I, uh, yeah, I was I debating so. on it, but I'm deba- I'm I'm tossed up between that and and Mike Kosecki from the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, In my own personal opinion, I don't think there'll be enough there. But I'm, I'm going for it though. Oh, God, you did! Wow. Did yeah, wow. my I went with my gut, and I'm actually going to take Renfro because I think he's undervalued. I know Tyler Lockett's still on the board, and he's another one of those. Christian Kirk is still on the board, but we know that the, the issues they're having. So that right now I'm going to run through the, the ones I have to pick quick, but uh, Christian Kirk from Jacksonville is 183 projected points, but because uh, they're still not sure whether or not he's going to be able to actually find targets. I feel like that's a really high estimate. And then you have Kelly Galladay, Elijah Moore, and then Tyler Lockett way down the list. Yeah. I think I think that's pure volume, but uh... Gallup might be one worth. I know he's on the unable to perform oh, list right him. now, but my pick, Gallup. my pick, my pick. Who are we gonna go? Uh, I'm gonna take a flyer here. I'm gonna I'm gonna dig deep. I'm gonna go seven picks higher than people think. I'm gonna get Robert Woods uh, from the Tennessee Titans. All right, so my bench is made up of uh, Godwin. What? Uh, a wide receiver. I got Stevenson, running back, Gasecki, a tight end. 
Renfro, who's a wide receiver. So I need a couple more running backs to fill out that list because last year they got decimated by injuries, and I'm not comfortable having uh, one on my bench. So I gotta I gotta stack that a little bit, and then we're gonna start making some moves. One more running back, backup quarterback potentially, and then we start diving into the the, the bottom yeah. of the barrel with the, the yep. kickers and the defense. We're gonna do that. All right, the. Uh... The tight end run is going here. We got kickers going off the uh, Trey Lance, 110th pick. If you think that you're going to stream a quarterback, this is the year to do it. That would not be bad. Uh, Kirk Cousins is a backup. No thanks. Naheem Hines, no thanks. Oh, man. I might have to, I'm going to have to dig here. I'm going to go, I'm going to take a flyer here on Damian Pierce, Houston running back. I've heard a lot about him from Coach uh, Levy Smith. You know, a lot of analysts think that over the first month he could take over the starting role. So what I'm doing here is I'm selectively taking a player from other folks that are drafting and saying, psych, you're not going to get a chance to grab this dude off the waiver wire in case he he pops up. And if he becomes a running back one for the Houston Texans, who with Davis Mills are going to run, run, run a lot, um, then it's trade bait. So what I'm looking at right now is who I want to go to that I think might be on a team where the quarterback kind of sucks and uh, they need to rely a little bit more on the running back. So I'm going to go uh, Michael Carter from the Jets mm-hmm. just in case mm-hmm. that turns out to be a pretty significant injury. So right, that like rounds it out. Yeah, yep. so that, that rounds it out. So now I'm going to dive into quarterbacks and dang, a lot of folks off the board already. Surprisingly enough, Mac Jones is high on the list. And I know if I take Brady and Mac Jones, I'm going to look like a homer <laughs> times two. But Justin Fields, Jameis Winston's above him, and Justin Fields is behind him with Kirk Cousins behind him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gamble again. Oh, boy, you did it. I am. But, uh, week 10 by week. So there's still time to, to dump him if he's failing and pick up someone off the waiver wire. I'm just looking for someone to fill in in case there's uh, a... a an injury or or on a bye week, so I'll throw anybody in there if I need to. Uh, wait, did it just auto draft my next pick? No. I'm supposed to go back to back. Oh no no no! I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> I got caught up in talking about it. All right, so now I just need kicker and defense. So so I gotta take a backup quarterback here, taking Kirk Cousins. He's the best mm. backup quarterback that's available. Um, he's not going to start this preseason game because he tested positive for COVID because that's what Kirk Cousins does every single year because he needed to do his own research and on the vaccine and just fucking yeah. can't possibly be trusted to be Tannehill's an adult. on but, the board. Um, that was, uh, it was hard not to pick Tannehill because I've been big on him, but he kind of he's he had a slower start and then he kind of fumbled a little bit towards the not, – not literally fumbled, but he kind of stumbled a little bit toward, uh, towards the end of the season, so that would have been a tough one. But two was still on the board. Yeah. You could gamble with Justin Fields, who's projected you higher. Could, you, I mean, you'd be gambling with Justin Fields or to a tongue of a lower there. And Winston is, is still it, on the board, who's still rated higher but, than all of them, which is but that dude. That dude injured something right in this last game, and I don't know. They will all want to say, "Oh, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine," but like, I don't think necessarily that's going to be the best, right? More Thomas defense won- is going off here. Rock is still next. on the board. I mean. A lot of those like middle to lower tier quarterbacks are still on the board. All right, so this this draft was a little strange. Uh, yeah, for sure. Waypool went 128. That's interesting. 
Guys, we still have on the board. We have. Stay up there. I'm not going to tell you who I'm looking at. Never mind. He's gone. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But that would have been a good a good pick, Daniel Carlson. He's, he's a killer kicker. Yep. Okay. I'm up here. I got to get a defense and a kicker. I'm going to go defense first. I always go by projected fantasy points. I don't care what the, where the expert rank is. Baltimore, Green Bay, or, or Denver. To be frank, Baltimore and Denver, they're separated by a point, but I always like to get as many players from as different teams as possible, and the Green Bay defense has been decent most years, so I went with that. Um, I could have gone Baltimore there, but I already have Mark Andrews, and I try and get as many players from different teams as possible. That's just how I, I play fantasy. Um, you know, you can play however you want. You just don't want the the person that you know, you're facing to have three players from the same team on that same week because like you're going to get your ass handed to you if they're all scoring. But if not, then you're just losing a ton. We have, we have, I think we have teams that just didn't bother picking a defense. Yeah, I, I think so too. How is that possible with this structure? Can you just well, override you, it? You don't, you, a lot of people leave drafts without an actual defense and they just drop a player, put them on waivers, and then grab a defense before week one so that no one else can grab yeah. that particular person. But so Fickle an, for the win is up here. Double pick. What are we doing? I have, a, I have an interesting, an, a semi-interesting strategy when it comes to kickers. I like to gamble a little bit on my kicker with teams that aren't going to have a lot of overall offensive perform, uh, offensive output because they're going to rely a little bit on that three-point kick. But Butker's still on the board, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take him because that's fuck. I would have I taken it. Harrison Butker, he's on the Kansas City team. He's gonna be kicking a lot of point after attempts, and then he's gonna be kicking yeah. some field goals to ice the game away. Very, very smart pick there. Very smart. Uh and for me it's a toss up between Denver and New England. New England's defense kept them in a lot of games last season. Uh they're second on the list as currently available, so I'm gonna roll with them. Denver, hope. Denver might have been. Uh, I, there's I just so Denver many question. There's question marks for me with Denver in terms of uh, their offensive output. If he comes in and does what everyone's hoping he does, the defense doesn't get a lot of time on the field because they're managing the ball well. I don't know. I probably should have taken the Chargers actually if I were if I were gonna. Yeah, because they just definitely got a whole bunch. Of, well, who? When did the Chargers defense off the board? They're the Chargers still there. That's what? what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The Patriots oh, were actually valued as more points than the Chargers, which is interesting. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't agree with that. I mean, Kyle Van Noy going there, Justin Jackson also going there. It's it's a great defensive team. You, you wouldn't be doing yourself uh, a bad thing there. Two choices: Nick Folk, the kicker for New England, the guy who like maybe got cut by Bill midseason, or Dustin Hopkins, LA Chargers kicker. I'm probably gonna go Chargers kicker here. Do, do we do we kill time until we get the uh no we're we're approaching an hour and a half here we're not gonna bore you guys too much I was gonna give you'll you get the, the draft grade the score you get the draft grade pretty 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 close to after it All finishes right. so but I will I will grade your draft if you'll grade mine that's not a weird interesting yeah are we doing this in okay. are, we doing, are we doing this in front of people I mean <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna grab Nick Folk just. Psych. <laughs> That's only one point difference between him or Dustin Hopkins. The supercharged offense. Dustin Hopkins. All right, here we go. That that's the thing. Okay. So Tim, do me a favor. Mm-hmm. Tell me tell me your team. Okay. <clears throat> Starting from the top. Now we're here. I got Brady. Okay. Evans. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Cortland Sutton. Yep. Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Zeke Elliott. And to be honest, I'm not totally comfortable with that pick. I'm going to throw that out there. I don't know, man. You, I don't have a lot of confidence is, in him. Definitely running, running back strong at the moment. Definitely, definitely running back strong. Yeah. Uh, Darren Waller. Good. Uh, Adam Thielen. Interesting. Uh, Harrison Butker. Good, good kicker pick though. Uh, I think he's injured right now, isn't he? Though. There's some no, questions. I mean, oh, he is. He's questionable with injury. Uh, New England's my defense. And then my bench, I got uh, Chris Godwin, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, New England running back, uh, Mike Gusecki, Miami's tight end, Hunter Renfro, obviously the Raiders, uh, Michael Carter, and Mac Jones. And if you say it, I'm going to hang up this call right now. <laughs> I almost said it. I fucking <laughs> I almost said it. Okay. So he, he's projected to do 60 more points than he was last season. That's mm. 70 more points than last season. That's pretty strong. That's probably why you... Um, He's my backup. You, He's my backup. I mean... You're, you're the first person I've seen draft from the one and win a mock draft. Think so? No, I'm looking at the standings. Yeah, thankful for the win at a total... Because they go off total points. Um, where do you see the standings? I gotta see this. Uh, so teams, draft results, and standings over there in the middle. You see that? Uh, oh, draft results. Right. Yeah. And then standings next to it. So you got 3,088 total points. Your boy has 2,947 uh, total points projected. Mm-hmm. If they score, projected, right? Um, so you, let, 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 we'll, we'll just take your team versus my team. Okay, so I'll go down. I got Justin Herbert, quarterback, Justin Jefferson. So I would come up with a, a, a pun on the Justins. Like Justin Times or something like that, it's like a lame fantasy football name. That's you know I mean? that's a fucking kid show. You or weirdo. or just in case, just in case <laughs> you were asking, just in case you wondered about me, something like that. That's Vivantina. You got Devonta Adams, Brees Hall, Rashad Penny, Mark Andrews. Definitely more elite wide receivers and quarterback and tight end. Probably zero RB. Right. Uh, that's what I would have done. Deontay Johnson as my flex. And Dustin Hopkins is the kicker. Green Bay defense on the bench. De- um, sorry, Devin Singletary, Darrell Mooney, Zach Ertz, Robert Woods, Damian Pierce, Kirk Cousins. All right, you, 3,088 points. Me, 2,947. Uh, quarterback, I actually projected to score 20 more points than you. Uh, wide receiver, projected to score 17 more points than you. Where I sucked in projections was running back. I'm scheduled to score 210 less points than you for running backs over the course of the season. Mm. So I made a specific goal. I said, yeah, I'm going to, and this is where I think your, your draft was strong running backs. You're pretty much there. But I mean, uh, sorry, wide receivers. You're pretty much there. Cause we're only separated by like 17 points running backs. You killed me now, mm. tight ends, three fifty five to three fourteen. That was you. Okay. So, Tight ends, I'm doing okay. You got 10 points on on kickers, and I have three points on defense. We put a lot together. You have a good 60 points on me projected throughout the season. Now, that can change if you get a, you know, a, a, a guy who's pretty good off of the waiver wire or whatever or, you know, some overachievements or underachievements, you know, by each team. It's a long season, 17 weeks, right? 
Yeah. But my goodness. 210 points less for running backs. Like, and, yeah. and I'm thinking drafting, I drafted from the number five spot and I'm projected to finish fourth this year. Okay. So I, I, I'm really only doing one thing. And then Yahoo Sports actually just gave me my, my mock draft results. They gave me a B plus. Let's see what they said in this mock report card. This is not going to be bad. I got an 89. Ugh. Mine has not come in yet. Damn it. That's not good. That's I'm we, projected we just, for third place though. We just know and I you're won. That's all that matters. Sixth. You're well, you won the mock draft, but your projected standards are sixth overall. So ha <laughs> ha, Tim. Suck it. Yeah. That's it's um, interesting how that actually plays out though. Like Oh, I I agree hundred percent. Like it does agree. it just doesn't make any sense. It's like, oh, you made the best picks, but you're probably not gonna finish. Like what what are they factoring in? Like uh, <laughs> they think that you're just gonna suck it up during the season and not know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. They're like, yeah, that, oh, you're gonna have you're gonna have a couple injuries and you're gonna get screwed up. But I mean, I definitely, know. definitely a possibility. Check your email, see if you got something yet. I, I'm refreshing. Oh, shit. Anyway, uh, I tell you what, if if it comes in before I post this, uh, I'll post Sam's score in the description. I'll post my score in the description. If you heard this. You listen to it. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback on what your thoughts are. Are we totally full of yeah. shit? Did we come close to what we should be doing? Is this just a weird draft and nobody else we were betting up against knew what they were doing? Love to hear it. I mean, I'll be the first one to tell you one through six, one through seven. I kind of have a plan when weird. I go into it. The rest of them, I just fucking wing it, to be honest. I'm playing the board and what's left and, and who's available based off of who's been picked. So there's I mean, a little even, bit of just, uh, shooting from the hips in my in my perspective, about, but think about this: the the top ten picks, Jonathan Taylor by you, Austin Eckler number two, Christian McCaffrey number three, Najee Harris four, <laughs> uh, Justin Jefferson at five, Cooper Cup six, six Cooper Cup six, mm-hmm. Jamar Chase seven, Derrick Henry eight, Dalvin Cook nine, Saquon ten. So in the first round, one two three four. Five, six, seven of the the first ten picks are running backs. So th- that, I, mean, I mean, I can't really shit on the Cooper Cup pick though, because when that dude is healthy, he makes he makes a difference. He makes a, a big difference. So yeah, but Tim, even in the second round, seven out of the ten picks were running backs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll have to do some some more empirical first round. First round is almost here. everyone almost leans running back heavy. So that's yeah. that's kind of expected. And by the way, I'm not gonna anyone who's listening to us who want to tell us how how good or bad our teams is. I mean, that's cool, except for Jamie. If Jamie is listening, you absolutely cannot give any sort of advice on this stuff because we're all drafting together in both a family and a friends league. So I don't want to know what what he's going to do. I I need to to see some some mock drafts from that guy before we we get up here and, you know, listen to the podcast. So (laughs) I think think that'll do it here. I think we got some some stuff to cut out. We had some some good beers with some good sidecars. We had a successful mock draft in Tim. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Etsy and find one of this goddamn Tom Brady jersey. Just... I cannot tell you the last time I was this excited. Uh, I cannot wait to see this shit. I just, I, you know, just do me a favor. Wear your DK Metcalf child large jersey. I already wore well. it. I already wore it. I know, I know. You got my picture. You know uh, what's going to happen, though. You're going to wear it once, and then Chelsea's going to take ownership of it. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, she may, but if she does, yeah. that's fine. 
Tom Brady right. split jersey on the Google. All right, I'm gonna uh, Tom Brady split jersey Amazon. That can't be good. All right, so I'm going to bury the lead here, too, as a teaser. Uh, Sam is out next week, but the following week, we got some pretty exciting news. Personal news, but we hey. got some pretty exciting news. Let's go. <laughs> um, but, all right, everybody. Who knows? Maybe if Why? this thing gets here What's that? You're going to wear it next week? If this thing gets here quick enough, we'll, we, we may be good. I might even Dude, it's wear Amazon. It I'll be there fucking tomorrow. Have you ever <sighs> used Amazon before? I live in a state yeah. where we have an Amazon distribution center. So I will sometimes order shit in the morning and we'll be there in the afternoon. It's literally, I'm living in the future. But yeah, it, it is. It is pretty great. It all right. Is but, pretty great. All right, everybody. Uh, you know, our schedules are a little erratic right now. So we got to apologize for that. Sam travels a lot for work. I had a lot going on vacation life wise. I got more coming up life wise. We'll get into that a little bit. Maybe, maybe dive in a little bit. Um, uh, I'm going to pop up on another podcast for uh, a friend of mine. Uh, Yeah, she's got this really cool podcast uh, uh, where they really dive into what it means just to be a a human being. It's it's pretty cool. And uh, I know she's got some pretty exciting folks coming on that. I won't I won't spoil it for her unless she gives me the okay. But we'll talk about that. Uh, I'll I'll plug down on the next one after it happens. But Sam's gone next week. We're going to miss another week. But uh we should be hitting a stride as we kind of get back into the football season. So thanks for hanging <laughs> with us. This. this is going to be a little bit longer than they usually are by about 10, 15 minutes, but we got to get that mock draft in. It's football season, baby. We can't complain. Yeah, baby. Let's go. Let's go. I can't believe we find this jersey. <laughs> At least it's only 50 bucks. You know what I mean? I just yeah. can't really be that excited about it. It's going to suck. Hey, mama ain't, mama ain't raised no bitch. <laughs> That's true. She ain't. She absolutely right. ain't. Peace, everybody. Peace.